This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing? I'm very good in this weird time we are in. Very weird. So we're excited to be here every week on WPHD on Sundays, 9 a.m. If you want to ask us a question, give us a call and commercial, residential, mortgages, whatever. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. We're just here to help out in any way you can. Hopefully you'll tune in every week. And soon you'll be able to listen to the podcast at WPHT and on Good News and Real Estate. So what's coming up today, Dan? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Part two. Por- yep. Part two, that's right. And of course, we have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is? Get up, get ready, and let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, we also have our questions. If a counteroffer is made on a contract signed by the buyer and the buyer refused to sign the counteroffer, what is the status of the original offer? That's a good one. Next question is, when submitting a bid on a home, how long does the seller have before answering the bid? That's a good question because I know a lot of people are like biting their nails. Next question is, my husband and I own an apartment and are considering turning it into a condominium. Can you give us any advice as to how to go about doing so? Okay. Next question is, what should I do if I have a bad real estate agent or realtor and I want to file a complaint? Uh-oh. Mark, we also have our topic of the day, and it's common home selling mistakes and what you should know. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, the struggle you're in today is developing the strength you need tomorrow. That's perfect. I'm telling you. I know. (laughs) And I I could probably say for June. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're on the positive side. We're on the positive yeah, we side. Are. We are on a very positive side. So we shall see Absolutely. what happens. All right. 
All right, so where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So anyway, with all this stuff going on, uh, this virus and everybody staying home and getting a little cabin fever, a uh, few homes look their best when it, now that we're finally coming out of the gray of winter. Uh, why home see, the home buying season coincides with the arrival of spring? Actually, the spring market actually starts January 1, but people always think it's the spring. But it's nicer when it's nice out and the showings and there's better things and there's less news about this virus thing, which will eventually end. Well, and... and the other part of that, too, Mark, is like Pete wanted to go to the property over on Shelbourne and take some pictures. And it was raining. It was gray outside. I mean, the house looks so much better when the sun's shining and sun's coming through the windows. It's just everybody has it. a better feeling and everything looks better. We even look better. Yeah, everybody looks better. It's, <laughs> it's just, I wish it would stop raining. It would be in, make things a little better here. But all this uncertainty and worried people about the housing market and the virus. But, you know, as it did back in 2008 when we had the big, big historical collapse. There was low inventory, rock bottom mortgage rates normally set for high competitive home buying season. While the recession normally only had minor effects on the housing market. In reality, this virus is making life in the markets anything but normal. Zoho conducted a study recently on housing during the previous pandemics, included that while home sales dropped dramatically during the outbreak, home prices stayed about the same or suffered a slight decrease. This makes into makes sense because it's harder for prices to change when there's few transactions happening. So in short, previous pandemics have simply put the housing market on a pause, and that's what's going to happen here. And furthermore, the federal government is implementing a moratorium on foreclosures, directed mortgage services to offer some stuff you're going to talk about today. And these are important measures that will keep the bottom from falling out of the housing market as a result of a wave of foreclosures, which even in 08, remember, we always we talked about this a while back. And I ask the students this all the time. What percentage of the country was in foreclosure in the worst housing market ever in history in 2009? And they all said right. like 50, 50%, yeah. 40%, 60%. It was 5.1%. Normal foreclosure rate in the country is 3 to 4%. So we're going to come out of this. This is going to end. The sun's going to shine again. And things are going to be booming. So, you know, got to be and careful. Careful what you're doing. You can do things, some things that you're going to give away your your topic here. But it, this, <laughs> no, this, of course we're going to come out of this whole thing. <laughs> we're going to come out of this whole thing. And right now, where the market stands, you know, in a word, it's tight. Like, consider uh, Seattle, where home prices have risen dramatically over the last year. Like, they, they had their sales dropped a little bit, like 27.6% year over year. Philly, this is, I'm talking about their inventory. Their inventory dropped 27.6%. Philly's inventory, that's what's active on the market, has dropped 13% since last year. Well, Mark, it's really really hard to gauge that because there are houses that are on the market, but people are temporarily taking them off. Like we looked on trend. I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about just inventory oh, in general. Yeah, in general. 
Like the market is that tight. It's such a great market for sellers. I checked the numbers. There's 3,543 homes for sale in Philly out of 676,000. 3,500. Remember a few months ago, we were like about 4,500? Yeah. So inventory's actually gone down. So if everybody listening to our show is thinking about moving when this is over, it's going to be one of the best times ever to sell your house. You're going to get like all-time high prices and... You're going to sell very quickly if it shows right and it's priced right. So, uh, you know, the market's going to be fine. We're going to have this little in- a pause. There's going to be this interruption. And then people are going to calm down. They're going to get this thing under control. And once it happens, it's going to be all out, booming, skyrocket market, I think. I agree. And again, we're going to go over that on my yeah, segment. Yeah, and the 2000 financial crisis, you know, so housing stocks, the stocks drop. The But it, there was a lot of different stuff that happened back then. You know, uh, there was a lot of reasons that those banks went under, mostly green. Well, it's a completely different reason. I mean, one it's was financially a, yeah, this now. Is, this is something that, you know, that we don't have yeah. control of right now. But And the other thing that we don't have control of right now, Mark, is the rates. Because the rates are all over the place. So right now we're seeing a 30-year fixed. At around 3.875, your FHA is 3.625. You have your 20-year fixed rate, which is at 3.5%, and your 15-year, which is 3.25%. But, you know, that was as of Friday. So coming into the new week, it's going to be a new week, and we're going to have to revisit them again. All right, so they were some great rates, Deanne. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate. Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we are up to your funny story. And I got one for you. So this new new family moves into town, right? And they have this teenage boy. And he gets lucky his first week in town. He meets this really nice girl. He gets up the courage to ask her out. And she says yes. So on the way to the house, he figures, you know, he'll do, do something good better he brings a gift so he stops at this local drugstore and he's browsing around the pharmacist spots him he asked the kid he goes what are you looking for kid says i got this date first date he goes and i figure if i bring her a gift you know chances are better getting lucky so the pharmacist listens and he says you know get her some chocolate so you know while you're sitting at the movies or something you can have some chocolate or you know whatever and he goes, we have a small box, so you might, you know, get to hold her hands or rub her leg or something. A medium box, you could put your arm around her, or this big box, who knows what happens. Then the pharmacist says, you decide. Later, the kid shows up at the girl's house. He rings the bell, and the girl answers. She's, she said, you're an hour early. We're ready to have dinner, but you can join us. Come on in. So the kid walks in, and, and the family's sitting around the table. He puts down a large box of chocolate, sits down. The mother says, we always say grace before meals. Why don't you say grace for us, says to the kid. 
So the kid starts saying grace and the usual grace. And when he gets done, he starts saying Hail Marys. And he keeps doing Hail Mary after Hail Mary after Hail Mary. Finally, the girl nudges, nudges him and says, I didn't know you were so religious. The kid says, I didn't know your father was a pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was, that good. was a good one. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsiris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is get up, get ready, let's go. <laughs> I nailed that baby. You did. I'm I'm very impressed. You, that's probably the first in a long time. <laughs> All right, tell me about this. <laughs> and and actually, Mark, I've had a few comments about your funny stories. So um, they've oh, yeah? been pretty good lately. I think you right. um, you redeemed yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's so a couple things I want to go over um, on. On the mortgage mom topic. So it's kind of twofold. The first is everybody's running around trying to call their mortgage company as far as like not making a mortgage payment for the month of April and possibly not making a mortgage payment for the month of May. And then the first payment, the next payment would come due in June. And that's all well and good. But we have to remember that your note, okay, when you went to settlement, you signed a note that stated that the payments are due. Right. And you promised it's yeah, you're you promised to pay back is what it you know, you promise to pay back X amount of dollars over the course if you have a 30 year mortgage for 360 payments. Now, if you call the mortgage company in these times and ask them for a forbearance, you need to understand what actually is happening. And it's going to it. I'm just going to put it out there that it's going to depend on the mortgage company. But the mortgage companies, the servicing companies that I've talked to, it's not going on the back end of the mortgage. Come June, you're going to have two payments that are due. You're going to have, it's actually going to be three payments. You're going to have April's payment. You're going to have May's payment as well as you're going to have June's payment. So one of the hardest things to do is to call the mortgage company and tell them that you need to skip a payment. So skipping a payment is not an option Going into forbearance is an option, but it just means that your payments are going to come due in June if you do two months all at once. So you need to call your servicer. So on your mortgage statement, there's a customer service number. You can also go on the websites to the mortgage companies themselves, and all the information is up there. But again, how is that going to look on your credit report? That's the one thing that we had Jack talk about last week was we're not really sure what that's going to look like. You think so, they're going to, you think they're going to uh, actually, I, I see, doubt if they're going to let them. See, I, your credit, you know what, they? you know what, Mark, I, I, not to cut you off, but the problem with that is we don't know. So if it's being marked yeah. as unknown, still not helping your credit. If it's being marked as late, that's going to destroy your credit. So one of the things they have to find out from the mortgage company is how that's going to be reflected on, on credit. And when somebody starts saying, well, it should be like this, or it could be like this, 
my suggestion is that you do everything that you possibly can to make that payment because we don't know what that's going to look like on the other side. Right. And you should get something in writing from the mortgage company explaining this in detail. Like, is it, are they going to report you or, or, or how is it going to work? Right. Because hopefully this thing ends sooner and maybe you only miss a month and they don't penalize you. And then you make a payment, you know? Like sometimes I, I remember a forbearance agreement years and years and years ago. I had a business that uh, with a partner, and I was in real trouble. And I got in a forbearance agreement. But what they did was they lowered my monthly payment. And then as I got back on my feet, they put what I wasn't paying in one column and what I was paying right. in another column. And then at the end, I had to pay it all back. But it saved my house. Well, that's the most important. Now, the second, and again, the only thing that I want to stress is to call the servicing company, call your mortgage company, and get the details specifically from them. Go onto the website. Um, my suggestion is try to make the payment. Uh, the second part of this is when we come out of the other side of this, Mark, the, the market is just going to open up. It's going to explode. We're sitting home now. Wondering what we could possibly do, you know, to to improve ourselves and get better. And my suggestion is that, number one, we do what Jack talked about last week and let's work on our credit. Let's get ready to be ready. So that means collecting all of your documents, you know, getting pre-approved, knowing how much you can buy when this market opens up. Now, not the grants right now are they're not accepting any new applications So that's not a possibility at this moment. Will it open up? I believe that it will. But the most important thing right now is to look at, you know, are you still working? And if you are still working, coming out on the other side, if you are looking to purchase a new home, there's never been a better time or chance to get ready. Yeah, it is definitely a good time. We've talked about pre-approvals. We've talked about the documents. If anybody has any questions on what we're talking about as far as, you know, what's needed, then just give me a call at 609-605-7153. I'll walk you through everything as far as, you know, how to help you with your mortgage payments. You need to call your servicer. Do you want to add anything to that, Mark? Well, you know, if somebody's definitely out of work and you don't have no income whatsoever and you can... I would just be very careful when you talk to these lenders and ask specific questions about, is it going to affect my credit? How, how do I pay it back? You know, is there any penalties? It's all depends on who the lender is. Uh, Agreed. Unless the government, the fed stops, steps in and says, you know, don't make them do that. I, you know, a lot of people were thinking they were going to tack it on to the end. You know, and, yeah. and you wouldn't have to come up with the three payments. Right. But we don't right. know if that's going to happen or not. Correct. All right. All right. So coming up next is going to be our that's question. A good reason and, to, and, that's a good reason to stay tuned in every week. You know what I mean? Every week. I'll try to bring as much information <laughs> as I can. But next week, right. next week. Next coming up is going to be our question and answer segment. All right. Very good. That was a lot of good information to you. 
So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. We will be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to our questions and answer segment. All right. And our first question is, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. If a counter offer is made on a contract that was signed by the buyer and the buyer refused to sign the counter offer, what is the status of the original offer? Well, so the buyer signed the contract and this, the seller signed the contract and the contract was signed by the buyer, and the buyer refused to sign a counter offer. You're back to the original, the original offer. So there's nothing you can do about that. Either the deal is dead, or you work this out, or you sign right? the counter, right? Or you split the baby. Or you sign the counter. Yeah, you got to split the baby. You got to negotiate and figure out what to do, because this could have been something that happened. A little it, during the pending thing, and they want to change something, and the, and they were, and they refused to sign it. So you're stuck with the original offer, correct? Correct. All right. What's the next one? All right. The next question is: When submitting a bid on a home, how long does the seller have before answering the bid? Well, most of the and time, when you write this is a long ahead. time, feels like a long time. <laughs> it does, but when you write the agreement of sale. You put in a time frame on how long the seller has to answer. Now, in crazy markets like this, when it's like uh, a seller's market, I actually remember back in 2003, I had one. Somebody wrote like by noon the next day at 12 p.m. And, uh, you know, like they were it was ridiculous how much they wanted. Like they wanted that fast of an answer usually it's two or three days you got to use common sense like if it's a hot fourth of july weekend and you submit a bid on friday and you know these people might be going till monday you got to use your head but usually it's a couple days and that makes the things happen and then the seller has to respond because if the seller doesn't respond within that time frame the contract is dead they can walk away or take a different offer so what's the next very good all right question number three my husband and i own an apartment and we are considering turning it into a condominium can you give us any advice on how to go about doing this it is going to get complicated because for lots of reasons uh there's got to be a reason they want to do this and that should be that can be a complicated reason. They want a, an association to take care of the property in, in some way. But also, you're going to have to get uh, the zoning and people to agree, municipalities. It's It can get pretty complicated. I know there was some done down in Rittenhouse Square, almost a whole block of houses. They condoed them, and they created a condo association. They usually latch on to a big condo association and follow their advice about doing it 
one one house or something, it might not make sense. So right. I would talk to a real estate agent and somebody that's really familiar with condo associations to make sure you're not making a mistake here. What's the next yeah. one? All right. The next question is, what should I do if I have a bad real estate agent or realtor and I want to make a complaint? You fire them. Just like <laughs> anybody else. You have a contract. You sign the contract either with a selling agent or a buyer agent. And if they're not responding or you're, or it's a personality clash and you just want to end it, you should end it in writing. If they did something really bad and you want to file a complaint, then you go to your, you Google your real estate commission and you file a complaint. Before I would do that though, I would first call their broker and complain to their broker and see if the broker can resolve your issues. Sometimes it's just a personality thing. Uh, you know, they don't like Dr. D A talks about the different personalities. You know, a D and a C might not hit it off. One's all detailed, the other one's not. Right. And but like before you go rushing to the state and filing complaints with the real estate commission or whatever, I, I would talk to the agent's broker first. What's the next one? Agreed. All right. Next question is do I have to tell my mortgage company that I am renting out the property? So what's the answer to that one? The short answer, you know, it's a little complicated, but the short answer is no. But then some residential mortgages, you know, may not allow you to to rent out your property and you might need to get what's called, you know, a consent to let. Um, but it's also it's going to some mortgage companies might make you live in the house six months before you can even apply for the buy to let mortgage. So. You have to be careful how it's written in the contract because when you sign on that dotted line, you you're stating that you're gonna uh, that you're gonna own or occupy that property as your primary residence. So it's not a bad idea to let them know that your intention is to rent it when it comes to that time. Yeah, because in your original mortgage docs, it probably spells out the rules, and then now maybe a couple of years later or whatever. You're thinking about renting it out. Legally, I don't know. Do you have an obligation to let them know? It's according to, I guess, who the lender is and what it said in the original document. And the original contracts, right. And then some lenders, you know, you might have to wait a minimum of six months before they'll allow that to happen. So, again, you want to contact them, read through your particular documents. I mean, they are pretty standard, but, again, you're signing on that dotted line stating that you're going to occupy this as your primary residence. All right. All right. The next question is that's it. <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I'm sorry. Question There's number six in real estate. What are turn? What are 1031 exchange properties? Yeah, I get this question a lot. A 1031 exchange is like you're buying an investment property, right? And, and you're going to buy this and then you're going to flip it or sell it. And then you're going to have to pay capital gains tax, which is pretty high. Uh, this is a way around paying a really high capital gains tax. So, but there's some stipulations. So, a ten, you get to do a, you, you hook up with a company. Uh, we had one that come on, comes on the show once in a while, 1031 Exchange Company. And they do it to set up a 1031 exchange. And a 1031 exchange gives you a certain amount of time to find another investment property, find it, get it under contract, 
and do everything else within a time frame. Like it might be like 180 days to actually to save. And then you use this money from your last investment property or whatever you sold that you're trying to save this capital gains tax on. Right. The recapture of capital gain. Right. Yes. You, but you have to do it. You have to find the property in a certain amount of time and you got to settle the property in a certain amount of time. I think it's like 180 days unless they changed it. But the whole point of this thing is that you're going to save some of that capital gains tax every time you make a profit. And you can keep doing it. And like, you know, investors that do a lot of flips, they'll do these things to save that capital gains tax because capital gains is expensive. And, that you know, it's worse than transfer tax. So you got all that. But uh, you want to use a perf- somebody that does that. Like right. You need to girl. make sure. You have to make sure your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Yeah. yeah. We have the one girl. I forget. I'm blanking for her name. But she's come on a show once in a while. And that's all they do is 1031 exchanges. You want to go to a professional. Absolutely. All right. all right, Mark. And coming up next will be our topic of the day. Common home selling mistakes and what you should know. All right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate, Talk Radio, 1210, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to the topic of the day, which, which are is? common home selling mistakes and what you should know. Yeah, and this we're going to give some quick tips here. Because you're selling your home, right? And it's not long before you're going to trade in your keys, slide them across the table for a big pile of cash. Guess what? <laughs> and then what? Guess what? What? It's listed. Oh, yours is listed. Oh, my God. It's going to be sold soon, man. I hope so. And you're going to be in a big pile of cash. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, tell me tell me what I need to know. Here's what you need to know. First, first one is you're going to sit down with that agent, which you probably already did, go over that contract, and then think about all the cost of selling this house. Uh, you're in Jersey. You got that extra little exit tax. If I leave. Yeah. If you leave. Oh, you're not leaving Jersey? If I leave New Jersey. Oh, I thought you were definitely out of there. Well. All right. So anyway, so these sellers, they need to cover all on the the commissions, everything else that's involved. Your agent should go over all all your closing costs with you. So say your home sells... For two hundred thousand, surprised, you know, if you got like twelve thousand going out in commissions, but that eight, a lot of people don't understand how commissions work anyway. It's split up like four different ways, but you have all these closing costs, and you should know upfront what they're going to be: transfer taxes, all the little fees, attorney fees, whatever, staging. 
staging, if you're thinking about stay, hiring a stager, what's that going to cost? You know, talk about every little issue. Uh, maybe when you have a home inspection, they're going to find something. Like some people hire a home inspector up front, the seller, and have a home inspector go through the house so they have an idea if they do have any problems, so they don't have any surprises. Uh, also, one that could pop up is seller's concession. People come in looking for, because it's a tool that's used all the time, it's not just for a seller assist that they need money, but it's a negotiating tactic also. So that could come into play. Your agent should be explaining all this to you. And any of you, whether you're sizing up or down, make sure you can pay with your new house with all this cash that you're getting from the sale and what your payment's going to be and everything else. Moving expenses, you know, what it's going to cost to pa- pack up the cat Sarah's house. And well, you told to me you told me you bring in the truck and you're going to help <laughs> yeah, out, so I shouldn't have yeah. much. I think you're going to need more than an F-150. <laughs> <laughs> but when you add all these expenses up, you know, you don't want to get overwhelmed and you want to be aware. Number two, well, you know, selling when you're upside down. Like say you're in a bad situation where you're underwater. All of a sudden, your house, you bought it at some peak where now it's not worth as much. Like, you might have to bring money to the table. One of the big mistakes is trying to sell it yourself. Not using a real estate agent for sale by owner. You know, it. people, they try this. The numbers statistically are 97% of people that try to sell their own house themselves end up listing. And, that and the 3%. reason, but you got to tell, I mean, the reason that most people try to sell the house by themselves is because they don't want to pay that commission. They don't want to pay that commission. But, but what in happens? the end, right. in the end, it, people that hire an agent net more uh, statistically. And because 97% of them end up uh, hiring an agent and the 3% that don't, Half of those don't make it to the settlement table. To the table, Because correct. of the home, inspe- home inspection and everything else. But in the end, they'll end up netting more with an agent. Statistically, it's proven. Number four, another one, is pricing it wrong. Pricing can be tricky. If you price it too low, you can miss out on thousands of dollars of profit. Profit. If you go too high, you turn away serious buyers. So, you know, you don't want to be greedy but you want to get the best price. That's why you need a good agent. And, and that's, Mark, that's what you always say. You know, if the house looks good and it's priced right, it's, it's going right, to sell. It's going to sell. Now, sometimes, you know, people want to shoot for an extra 20 grand. And, you know, and they'll say things to the agent like, well, let's just try it and see what happens. Well, what happens is, let's get, pick a number, 200 grand. Somebody's only approved for 200 grand and you're at 220. They're not even looking. So if you were priced correctly, they look at the house. So you eliminate some buyers. And then one thing you don't want to do is hide major repairs. People sometimes do stupid stuff and try to cover stuff up. I I remember one of the funniest ones. Well, it was funny to me, but years later it was funny. But somebody had a leak, and this is back in the days when they had drop ceilings. And they had a like one of them uh, pans you would use at a, like a, a fundraiser or something for food <laughs> up on a drop ceiling. And the thing was leaking. And then finally, it took so long <laughs> for it to fill up. And finally, the drop ceiling collapsed. 
You don't want oh to hide. hide. You don't want to hide things. You, you know, you fill out that seller's disclosure and and be honest. And then one one mistake that some people make, and this is a good tip, is not clearing the clutter because they're living in this house. They're going, they're busy, they're working, they're running in and out every day, and they don't realize it. They don't realize they got piles of paperwork, dog toys laying around, stuff that they're so used to seeing that they don't even notice. That when a buyer walks in, their first impression, they pick up everything, you know. So pack up all the toys. Like my dog's got a five-gallon bucket full of toys that she digs (laughs) out. Uh, Eliminate odors. Even things like Tommy's trophies. I, You know, Tommy's room is just full of trophies so we had to take like 80 percent of them down just to you know make it look good yeah and family pictures too things you don't think about exactly people want to walk in and get a perception that they're they visualize themselves living in your house not you so if you get a wall full of family pictures it might be a good idea to take them all down and paint that wall so anyway and then forget about lighting you know people want to come into a place that's they look around and it's dark, not dark and dreary and scary, you know, so make it warm and cozy. And and one of the big mistakes, using bad photos, you know, oh, I can't agent, stand that. Yeah. You know, the cameras are pretty good today, but like a house like you got the end, you should really have a professional photographer come in and take really good shots. It doesn't cost that much. No, we did. We I definitely yeah. had a professional photographer come through. How, because, many, how much did they charge? How much did they charge? Um, I think it was. Well, my agent took care of it, so I'm not sure. Probably about 150 bucks. Something. Yeah, like I that. was going to say 150, 200 dollars. Yeah, it's not that much money. And then you're and they're great photos, rather than the quick, you know, agent pop, 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 pop with their camera, you know, because the more. The pictures you have on the web and the better they look the better chance you're going to have of uh, getting a really good buyer in it. so yeah and you la- should definitely and last- go online and check out check out my house it's 18 Shamboard Lane C-H-A Amazon Mary B as in boy O-R-D Lane in Voorhees and um, check it out they, he did a great job alright and the last did I just one plug is, my house I'm sorry you, you did plug your house but that's alright <laughs> And let your agent handle the showings. Don't be there. My advice is take a walk. Let them feel comfortable. And you follow those tips. And if you get a low offer, don't take it personally. That's where the negotiation starts. So if somebody comes in low, you counter them, and then everything gets started. So you don't get upset if somebody shoots low. They're taking a shot. It's negotiations, so. Well, yeah. What I mean, you always, you know, if you don't ask, the answer's no. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, so be smart, and uh, it'll work out, especially in this market. The sellers are ruining the game. So where are we at? (sighs) Well, Mark, do you have one or two more more tips left? Yeah, why? We got some more time? (laughs) We do. We do. Dr. A is not able to come on the line, so let's finish... Um, with the oh, next right. two, I and did. then we'll just close out, okay? All right. Yeah, so so, so what? there's going to be a ton of home selling mistakes to be aware of, even more than I covered here. But one of them that, you know, you want to make sure that you really hire a good agent. And 
an interview. Most, most, here's the statistics. Most buyers hire the first agent they make. Most sellers only interview two agents. And this is the biggest investment of their life. And buyers hire the first one they meet with a pulse most of the time. And sellers only usually interview two. So, but when you interview them, they should be, it should be about you as the seller and not about how great their company is and how big their balloon is or whatever and how many houses they <laughs> sell. You know, that's what their most sellers are expecting, a pitch. I don't, when I go in and list a house, I walk in and I sit down with them and they usually think I want to want to take a tour right away, but usually I don't do that. I usually want to sit down and talk and I ask them, what's the most important thing that you want to talk about? And then right. we we talk about all their issues and then their whole plan. And then they start telling me about, you know, besides selling this house, what's their next plan? And they tell me right. about all that. And I don't go in there waving um, a red, white, and blue folder and, you know, yep. telling them I got a radio show or whatever. You make it about them. And if no, you absolutely. Agent, I agree, Mark. It, it, and and those it, are some great tips. And we can get into that a little bit more next time. But those are good tips, especially in this market. Yeah, hire somebody so, good. So. Yep. So if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net. Or you can give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at DeanneKitsaris at Comcast.net. Or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for every week and our sponsors for keeping us on the air, especially Philadelphia Federal Credit Union here on Talk Radio. And we hope you turn in, tune in every week and you can listen to this show hopefully soon on our podcast. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All positive. All all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community. All the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.